I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 16. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Today, I'm honored to have two of my spiritual daughters with me, Rachel Winchester, who is now my assistant, and Laura Drew, who is my designer. And I have known both of these young ladies since they were in college. They are now happy mothers of children, uh, both of them with two children. Rachel is expecting her third. And uh, I have loved knowing them, investing in them. And we thought we would share a little bit today about the power of spiritual mothering, both being on the receiving end and also on the giving end. And I thought we uh, would start with reading Titus 2. So Rachel, would you mind reading Titus 2, uh, the, the scriptures that pertain to spiritual mothering? Yeah. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Beautiful. Okay. Well, Rachel, I thought maybe we would let each of you ladies share your stories. And so let's start with you. Okay. Well, I um, was born into a family that my mom was very uh, loving and really made a lot of sacrifices in her work to be present with us kids and, um, you know, cut her hours or things like that. Um, but then I also had a really close relationship with um, her mom, my grandmother. And so I would spend time at their house and um, she always called me her buddy. She still calls me her buddy. <laughs> and, um, and so we have always had a really close relationship where um, she taught me to clean and, you know, all these kind of things. And um, then as I got older, I had some really wonderful teachers at school. I went to a Christian school for elementary and then um, had some, um, you know, just discipleship group leaders in church or things like that who really spoke into my life in middle school and then high school. Um, but then I think in college, I really, I went to college and I um, was far from home and I just really felt this hunger to know what it was to be a woman. Um, I remember reading Elizabeth Elliot's Let Me Be a Woman at that time, just because I just wanted to know, what am I supposed to do? Um, and so it was in that, around that same time that I met Carol um, through a Bible study at the school. And um, yeah, I just, she welcomed me into her life and I spent a lot of time at her house and um, going to church together and learning what it was to be a woman of God. And, um, and so then that relationship has obviously continued. And I would say there have maybe been some people in and out of my life, but mostly probably books <laughs> and women that I've met in books have really inspired my idea of womanhood as I've entered into marriage and mothering children of my own. So. What are some books that have really impacted you? Um, I think at first it was 
nonfiction books, like I mentioned with Elizabeth Elliot, or, you know, kind of people really giving, explaining what is Titus II about and what does that look like in flesh, you know, and blood. Um, and then in the last probably year and a half, really switching to fiction really inspired me. Little Women was huge for me and it, it mothered me and inspired me in my motherhood. <laughs> mm. um, um, I don't know. That's I mean, okay. All of them are ones that you've recommended to me. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Laura, why don't you share a little bit about your story, sweetie? Sure. So um, I also grew up in a home where we were really close as a family, and I do have a really close relationship with my mom. She was my best friend um, mm. all through high school and all the way up till now. I would still say she's she's the best friend to me. Um, but we would we would just talk all the time. She would spend a lot of time driving me to school. I attended a private school, so she would take me there and pick me up and and I would tell her everything and she would just give such good um godly advice and so you know we had just like such a great relationship but um during that time I also did have another woman who was pouring into my life I had started babysitting her kids when I was about 11 or 12 years old it was one of my first jobs and um, <laughs> developed such a cool relationship you know where we would have really sweet conversations um, sometimes when they would come home from their date or wherever they were. Um, and then I would just kind of start, started like hanging out with her and it turned into a mentorship relationship. Um, I, I don't remember if I asked her to technically mentor me or if she put that tight, I don't know, but it just turned into this really beautiful relationship where um, she would ask me good questions and she just wanted to invest in my life. And I appreciated that so much just being asked questions. And, um, when, when I made decisions that she didn't think were great, she would tell me she was honest, would push, push me on things. And I really appreciated that. Um, then going into college, that was when I met Carol and, um, that, you know, meeting you, Carol, it was huge. You know, it was such a pivotal time in my life where I did feel a little bit um, separated from my family. I wasn't as close with um, my mentor during high school, Pat Marie, um, during middle school, high school. And um, so I was kind of like floating out there, <laughs> like n not really anyone pouring into my life, not really anyone asking me the difficult questions or helping me with where am I heading with things. And I really didn't know where I was <laughs> heading with things, was a little lost. Um, and that, that seems to happen to a lot of people during college, you know, you yeah, go think. Yeah, things change. So so that's when you came into my life, Carol, and you, just like Rachel said, you know, you invited me in, in and into your home and just have a meal together and cook the meal and you're teaching me knife skills all of a sudden and how to chop a vegetable the right way and how to make a really epic salad and just these things that I didn't know before you um, just gleaned so much knowledge about what it meant to be a woman, just like, just like Rachel already said, so... That's so sweet. So if you were to spiritually mentor someone in your lives now, what would that look like? Or are you presently? Maybe you already have someone. I think, Laura, you have someone in your life. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, so there's a young girl. Um, she just graduated college. And when she uh, was about a sophomore, I think is when we met, when she was a sophomore in college, 
And so it's been like the past two years, we've been meeting with her regularly. She'd come over for a meal, just like we would do with you, Carol. Um, so we really kind of took from your lead. Um, and again, you know, kind of, I felt like I'm, I'm doing what you did for us. And that's been so cool, like teaching her how to use the knife properly while we're talking about her, you know, dating relationships or, you know, just, yeah, just doing this, this mothering or this um, kind of um, mentoring while doing just life things. And um, for her to see just what a godly marriage and household and having kids looks like and all these things. And um, actually, you know, with the whole coronavirus thing, she ended up moving into our um, attic space during this time and then she's going to be renting our basement apartment in a little while but so she's been really intimate with our lives lately and and I know it's just been really significant for her to have that um just guidance and input in her life and she's she said that over and over again so wow yeah yay and Rachel what does it look like in your mind or is there someone you're kind of working with or thinking about um, yeah, I think it uh, really looks like that coming, letting somebody come into your life and finding ways to share what already happens in a very organic, natural way so that the modeling is really happening there. I think especially about my relationship with my sister. She's two years younger than me. And I would say I've always smothered her. <laughs> And, and had a, she would say that I've had a very pivotal role in her spiritual development and, and what she envisions for uh, marriage and motherhood and that sort of thing. And that's been a lot of us living together, even in college, even up until she got married recently. So it's looked a lot like just living life together, doing things. Uh, doing practical things and then also having deep intimate conversations as well. So both of you are have been living with young women that were engaged and you've brought them into your homes. Both of you. It's kind of an interesting parallel. Very, very cool. Yeah. Um, so off air, we were talking about mother hunger. Why don't you girls, you know, jump in a little bit on that. And what, what is mother hunger? What does that look like for your generation? And why is that an issue? Yeah, I, I mean, Rachel, I know you really brought that up, but I really resonate with that term just because I feel just this hunger or this need to be um, loved on and cared for. I think that there's just something about somebody wanting to ask questions about your life and caring uh, about what's going on in your heart and what you're reading and, and wanting to lead and guide you and correct you. Like if you're doing something, you're heading in a direction that's not good, somebody who's older and wiser and more knowledgeable and has more experience to see that and to point it out, I think that's just invaluable. And it's something that I really treasure in my life. Um, I remember a time where, this is just an example from a friendship, but I had a friend who, um, you know, she had feelings about a way I had acted and she didn't ever communicate that and ended up not pursuing a friendship because of it. And when we did have that conversation eventually, and she said there were things that she'd seen she didn't like 
in me. I was really surprised and I was you know, like, why would you not communicate that to me so I could grow? You know, that that's really valuable to me to know that if there's something that you thought was not pretty, um, to be told that. And so that's a, like something Carol has done in my life over and over. And I appreciate that. I think it's invaluable. And, you know, scripture does talk about that. Like mm-hmm. a, a rebuke is valuable. Yes. Yes. But a true friend does, you know. Yes. And the neat thing, Laura, is that you're very teachable. And so when I have, um, sometimes you've just come over to my house and like, hit me, like, tell me, like, you knew that there was something on my heart and you didn't even make me have to bring it up. You just came over and said, okay, we need to tell yeah. me what, tell me what you're feeling. Or, and I can remember you sitting in the big cozy chair in the living room and just nodding your head and receiving and listening what I was saying to you, which is three fourths the battle because it's being teachable mm-hmm. and submitting yourself, telling someone, if you see something in my life, please tell me a lot yeah. of people don't have that. Yeah. Rachel, how about you? I think about the Titus text that we read and I think the whole idea of younger women wanting older women to speak into their lives is built into that text that it's instruction for the older women, but it's saying, Hey, don't forget the younger ones want to learn from you. They desire, they don't know how to love their husbands. They don't know how to care for their children. They don't know how to work at home. They don't know how to be kind sometimes. And you are, you have walked the road and you can speak into that and you can help them and you can teach them the lessons that you already learned. And maybe you learned the hard way you learned through hard work. You know, the younger women still have to put in the hard work. You still have to sit down and receive the instruction and the word and then learn to do it. But I think, I think we forget that there's that hunger and that a lot of these things are learned Mm-hmm. And that generally as a culture, we've just neglected that. I mean, if it's instructed to us in the Bible, that means we as humans <laughs> naturally neglect to do that. So <laughs> good point. Good point. Are you or someone you know considering homeschooling, but unsure where to begin? On July 18th, I will be teaching a live webinar that will introduce you to my simple approach to homeschooling. For over 30 years, I've taught families how to raise smart and godly children with only a Bible, a library card, and a math curriculum. Does it sound too good to be true or too simple to actually work? Come learn how to homeschool children from preschool through high school without wasting years, money, and tears in frustration. If you wonder how to get started, this webinar is for you. Register at caroljoyside.com forward slash upcoming hyphen seminars. caroljoyside.com forward slash upcoming hyphen seminars to receive everything you need to make homeschooling simple and safe. Now back to the show. So... Yeah, and talk to me, both of you girls, you're both educated, talented, intelligent young ladies, but you've really chosen to primarily focus on raising your children. 
You could have flashy careers, both of you. You could be doing all sorts of things. But talk to me about your generation and why you need older women to speak into that issue. What, what is the other voice that your generation is hearing? Laura, why don't you start? Yeah, uh, so I, I did have a really successful photography and video company before having kids when I had my son Titus, ironically. Um, <laughs> it's a battle. It was a big battle between wanting the career path or just to do my business and to also be with him. Um, so it, it was a struggle that Carol has walked alongside me in. Um, but yes, now I have my second son Hudson and I've let go of the business. I am dedicating myself to raising the boys. I am still doing creative stuff on the mm -hmm. side, but it's just, it's not my full-time thing. I'm not sending the kids off to childcare. Um, and yeah, it's, it's definitely been a battle. I mean, culturally, there is a pressure that I have felt to perform and to just be producing things all the time that if you're not work, if I'm not working, if I'm not running a business or I'm not doing all these million different things and showing them off to the whole world through social media yeah. and I'm not successful, I'm not doing anything of significance. If it doesn't show results right now, um, if there's not something I can show immediately for, for what I'm doing and spending my time doing, then I'm not doing anything. Um, so it is hard because with the kids, it is this teeny slow investment. It's growing a plant and the sprout is barely coming through the dirt. And <laughs> I've been watering every day and it's like, it just is taking forever. And I don't know what the end result's gonna be. I don't know what that's gonna look like. And so it's slow, it's often thankless. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's just, it's such a different thing where I liked seeing results. I liked getting thanked. I liked being praised for my work. I liked all those things. And now I don't get that, you know, yeah. but. Um, I'm getting paid. Don't forget that. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of fun. Getting these really chat emails really nice. Yeah, that so was. How, how is spiritual mothering helping you girls navigate? Because you're both extremely talented young women. Rachel, do you want to talk into that? Is, is, there, is there a voice that you're hearing that's helping you not get sucked into the Instagram, yeah. you know, vortex? Yeah. I think that's where the fiction, the stories and the fiction has really come into play. These stories from the past. Yes. That, you know, Little Women is old. You know, that was written a while ago in a different culture. And the, their mother was very industrious and extremely hardworking, but gave huge priority to her children and really saw them and cared for them. And so I think that really shows that involvement in the community does not have to mean neglect of your family and attention to your family does not have to mean that you're not involved in the community. They can both exist in tandem, but it's finding a way that they can, you know, Marmy would bring her children to help the people in need and and she would make them aware of what was happening in the community um and her children were older so maybe we don't know what was happening when they were little and at her feet like my kids are mm -hmm. so i think just reading stories and seeing oh wow these women lived or a different story i read last year and it's this woman living in a sod saudi as a pioneer mm -hmm. and it really gives perspective on wow i really don't have a hard life I put my laundry 
in the washing machine. And then I go and do something else. And so many things are automated and my house can be clean. It's not a dirt floor. And so it just kind of gives perspective on and, and helps to balance out or drown out the, yeah. the worldly voices that um, say this work isn't worth doing, or yeah. if you don't get paid for it, it's not, it's not work or it's not valuable. If you're not seen, it's not. Um, and I mean, God's word speaking into my life, telling me the unseen work is important. The small work is important. Mm. The hidden work is important. Don't neglect that. That Laura, God sees me. Oh, sorry, Rachie. Um, Laura, speaking to like you're on your deathbed and you're looking back at your life, what are you going to be really glad you did? And and what what could be a potential neglect or or um, not neglect? What's what I'm trying to say? <laughs> anyway, something that you'd feel badly about versus something you'd feel really well about and how do the people who are spiritually mothering you, how can they help you have, you know, no regrets? Not that we will never have no regrets, but fewer regrets that will feel like we, we did, you know, that will hear God's voice. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Talk to me. Yeah. Great question. And I actually was thinking about that today. That's so funny. You asked that. Wow. So I was sweeping the floor for like the fifth time today. And <laughs> while I was doing that, I'm thinking about, do we, cause we've been talking a lot about when's the next baby, you know, are we going to have, like, when's that going to happen or what's the Lord's will for that? Um, it's actually something my mom brings up regularly. <laughs> I, I was five by the time she was my age and I'm her baby. So she likes to remind me to hurry up and have more. So she's my spirit kid. I get it. Um, and I'm sweeping the floor and I was thinking, you know, oh man, do, this is such a mess every day. I have to do this so many times a day. Do I really want to have more of these running around making like little destructos? And, and then I was like, but you know what? They're going to grow out of this. I mean, this is, this is a short lived, like when they're really young stage. And then I'm like, the only thing I'm going to regret then is that I didn't have more. And I was like, every time I think about it, I mean, that's kind of where what I come to, but I was like, if I'm on my deathbed at the end of my life, I'm old and gray, I will regret if I did not have all the children that the Lord wanted to give me. And strangely enough, like I'm such a perfectionist. I like things to be clean. I like things to be put together, but we want like five or six kids. And I don't know, like if we're going to have five or six kids, like Lord willing, maybe we will. But honestly, like we just have this desire for a lot of kids and um, I hate pregnancy and like all the things, but I just know, get to the end of my life, like I will regret if we didn't have more. And so I don't know when or like what that's going to look like, but I would say for like spiritual mothers and, and people mothering, like as far as doing that well and advising like and things too, I think just it, instead of um, being careful of giving personal opinion um, instead of like prayerfully seeking with the person that you're mentoring of let's pray about that together or let me pray about that and let's come back to it. Um, really wanting to hear from the Lord for them instead yeah. of, and like looking at scripture instead yeah. of giving personal opinion of how much you think they can handle mm-hmm. or what you think 
well, based on my life, this is what I did. So this is probably what you should do. Like, even when it comes to the number of children, like, I didn't think I was capable to have more than one after I had Titus, but now I have two and my capacity grow is growing. And so if somebody had told me, well, I don't know, like, I don't know if you could have more than two or if you could, would be able to handle that or if you'll be able to have the type of life that you like or want. I'm, I'm, I mean, that's discouraging. I don't know if that's from the Lord, but, um, you know, that's so I just... Yeah, just I think really hearing from the Lord and because God can do anything. And if he wants us to have five or six, we will and believe in it, you know. So, yeah, I just he'll give you the grace. And yeah. so you want people to uh, ignore their kind of uh, sometimes we lean to our own understanding and that common sense thing versus listening to God. And yeah. God is supernatural sense in the whole. Yes. Yeah, because I, I get it. Common sense. I, it doesn't look like I could do that right. or should do that maybe, but it's something that keeps getting laid on my heart and I'm just prayerfully considering mm -hmm. and I don't really want to get pregnant again, but mm -hmm. I do want kids. So <laughs> uh, I know, I know. And he gives us the grace one at a time, you know, just, and he gives us the love. After you have one child, you think, well, I could never love another child again. And then you have your second child and you're like, oh, wait. I love this child just as much as I love the first. And he just keeps giving the grace one at a time. Rachel, you want to jump in on this? Yeah, I think helping others to have the long view is also what Laura's talking about. I think part of the wanting to be seen and I need to do things immediately is a very short-sighted view of things. And so to just help help people think about, okay, but when you're when you're on your deathbed, when you're 40, yes. you know, when you are 60 and your kids are teenagers or early twenties and they're adults and what do you want your house to feel like? And what do you want to feel like as a person? And what kind of marriage do you want to have? And what kind of friends do you want to have? And what kind of relationship with God do you want to have then? And what do you need to do now? What could benefit you now to get there and to become that person? Really focusing on the essence of who, who the person is. Yeah. And I think that's what mothering is, is nurturing the, the individual, the person, to help them become who they're made to be and, and what God has for them to do. And living in light of eternity that we always talk about in the seminars. Living with eternity imprinted on our eyelids it changes everything it really does well i this has been such a blessing you girls you know have surpassed me and that's the goal of every mentor is that your mentees will leave you in the dust and it's so it's so beautiful so lord you want to close this in prayer honey would you mind i would love to well, Father God, we thank you for this time. I thank you for Carol and her life and her example, the way that she's led in such a godly way and um, has mothered so many young women. I uh, thank you for the ways that she's poured into my life, into Rachel's life, and all that that has done for us, the love that she's given us and how it's just enabled us to be closer to you, to look more like Jesus. God, I pray for every woman um, listening to this, whether old or young, that 
they would glean something from it, Lord. And if you're nudging someone's heart, um, maybe an older woman or um, it really doesn't matter what age, but to, to reach out to someone who's in their life, who's younger, who maybe is hungry for spiritual mothering, that you would just put that on their heart. And Lord, I pray for the younger women too, that they would be compelled to pursue mentorship from somebody older. Um, if there's someone in their life that you would just bring it to mind now, who that they need to reach out to, who that might be. Lord, that you would just give us some um, people in our lives just to hold us accountable and to ultimately draw us closer to you. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Wow. Thanks for joining me this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. If you liked what you heard in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help too. Visit my website, caroljoyside.com to subscribe to the monthly newsletter and receive exclusive discounts in my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings.